The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. He's greater. We've been looking at that for the last three weeks. Uh, I came to church today. There's one title to the message. Look in your bulletin. What does it say? What does it say? Jesus, my great salvation, right? But I got to think, I kind of thinking what you might be thinking. You're like, Jesus, really? We're going to talk about Jesus again? Really? Jesus? Again? How many weeks in a row is this now that we've talked about Jesus, Steve? Really? Okay. My? Yeah, you're going to get after me, right? Yeah, it's us. Yeah. Great. We've been talking about that for several weeks. It is really great. Salvation? Salvation. Yeah, it's the gospel, isn't it? Do you ever get tired of hearing the gospel? Do you ever get tired of like the gospel being preached on a Sunday morning. Let's be honest now, we're in church. I don't want anything to happen to you. That's got to be some kind of, I don't know who ever said that lightning thing, but yeah. Let's just be honest because it's, it's going to help us get to the heart of the matter. Do we ever get tired of hearing the gospel? I think if I'm honest, yes, sometimes I do. Sometimes I get tired of preaching it. Uh, three weeks ago, wasn't tired of it because, you know, several people gave their lives to the Lord and, and are going to get baptized here in a few weeks. And then two weeks ago, we were at Easter, right? You guys remember the outline on Easter? Had something to do with celebrating uh, this, this salvation that we have. And then last week, again, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. What was the last point of last week's message? Anybody remember? Uh-oh, you better pay more closer attention. That's in the message later. Anybody? Yeah, yeah, so all that. And the last point was Jesus has the greatest, the greatest plan, the gift of salvation, right? So we've been over and over and over, like, I mean, Seriously, are we going to go after it again today? And uh, you know what? Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Holy Spirit begins, and uh, he brings us back to the gospel and salvation again. And so let's just read it together. This is our food for today. And yeah, again, we're going to do this again. We're going to go after the gospel again, and it's going to ask us to do something very specific. And I want us all the capture that, okay? So here it is, um, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. If you're there, say you're there. You guys were all prepared. I didn't even have to say the reference. You're already there. That's great. Verse two, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, we must pay close attention. Is that what it says? Oh, hold on. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention. So even if you're paying close attention, even if you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not sick of the gospel. He's asking you to get a closer view to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. I don't think anybody sets out to like run to hell, right? Anybody sets out to like drift, uh, to just like, you know, makes a plan to like go there. But we drift. We kinda, it just kind of happens. Kind of just 
It just happens. Over time, it just happens. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It, it, the great salvation, was declared at first by the Lord, Jesus himself, and it was attested to us by those who heard it, while God also bore witness to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed among, according to his will. That's our food for today. And I want you to see three reasons to look closer at the gospel again. Three reasons. I'm going to give you three reasons today to look closer to the gospel again. Now, before we get straight into that, um, there's this phrase here. We must pay much closer attention. We must. This is the first command that we've seen in Hebrews. All of Hebrews 1 was like, God's awesome, woo! And we've been two weeks on that. I've given you some things to do for sure. I mean, application-oriented preaching, right? But there wasn't any like command. There wasn't any imperative. There wasn't any like, you gotta do this right now. But we have it in the third word right here. You must, you have to, you ought to in the Greek. Pay attention closer. Pay much closer attention. Really, uh, these are nautical terms. I don't know how many of you guys uh, have a boat. Anybody have a boat? No, not a lot of people, right? So I don't have a boat either. But I do drive a car. How about that? Okay. So it's like when I'm talking to my wife and we're going somewhere, right? And I'm like in the lane and I should be like three lanes over in Minneapolis and because I need to exit off, but I'm like, just kind of like, what's going on, right? I'm just like, and then all of a sudden I realize I've drifted, right? Away from where I'm supposed to be. So I'm not going to get off really what he's talking about as at salvation, like I should be, right? So if you could take that all the boating terms, then, then you get this. Tie the boat to the dock, anchor it in, Right? That's what he's saying. Pay much closer attention, lest it slip off like a ring slipping off a finger. Lest it slip off and you drift away. <coughs> Excuse me. Anybody else fighting a cold? Yeah. So if I cough a few times, please forgive me. I don't want to take away from the word of God. Three reasons to look closer at the gospel again, 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 again. Um, one other thing here. Ever been on a plane? The flight attendant, what, what does she do? What does he do? Right? They go through all this list of stuff, right? Like seatbelt and air and put yours on first and all this and this. And, and what are you doing? Looking at the in-flight magazine. You would never look at an in-flight magazine, but it's so much better use of my time than watching that, right? Is this kind of what we're doing? I kind of feel like that as a pastor. I just want you to know that. I feel like same message, 
same thing. I feel like people are just going to like get on their iPhone and just surf the web or something because it's, I've heard the gospel. I'm a Christian. I don't, I don't need this, right? But no, you do need it. And uh, don't tune it out. You got to pay much closer attention. So three reasons. Everybody say three reasons. There's going to be three of them for sure. Three reasons to look closer at the gospel again, again. All right, here it is. Number one, verse one. Jesus is awesome and speaking to me. Jesus is awesome. If you didn't get that from the last two weeks, we got a problem. I need to be a better preacher, right? Jesus is awesome. Two weeks ago, Jesus is greatest of all, right? He's greatest of all. And then last week, he's greatest by far. He's greater by far. Jesus, flat out awesome. You saw it, right? You saw it. How awesome is Jesus? Well, just look at verses one through four of chapter one. I'll just read them for you again. We've read them every week now because I just, they're just amazing verses about an awesome God. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So I already had the message. But just in case, it's coming stronger. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Hallelujah. It's clear. Whom he appointed, the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification, whoo, okay, that's where he saved me, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And then it goes on to say that angels worship Jesus, and angels serve Jesus, therefore, we should. Jesus is awesome. He's just flat out awesome. That's a reason to come back to the gospel again and again and again and again. And not only is he awesome, the greatest of all, the greatest by far, right? Did you pay close attention the last two weeks? Because if you paid close attention the last two weeks, it should affect the way you're living, right? So if it didn't affect the way you're living, then, then the message now, this is a warning, there's five of them in Hebrews, the warning is pay closer attention, right? He's saying pay closer attention, look deeper into the word, grip the gospel a little tighter, He's speaking. Jesus is awesome, and he's speaking to me. Exactly what is Jesus saying to me? Well, he speaks in his word, correct? He speaks in his word. That's what the Bible says here. Um, so I just thought maybe we would just take a survey and go through all the things that Jesus said. How long do you think that'll take? All right, I got a few verses. All right, here they are. Okay, here's the first one. Matthew 4, 17. Everything's going to be on the screen. You don't have to turn to anything. I just got it right all there for you, okay? Okay, from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does repent mean? Turn from your sin, right? All right, so assumed is that we all have sin. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel, there it is, the good news, of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And then this, here's another way to say it, just a 
different account from a different gospel. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does he say? Repent and believe. That's what the gospel is. That's what the good news is. The good news is you're a sinner, right? But there's a solution to the sin. Whereas in the Old Testament, you didn't have the solution, right? You steal, cut off his hand. You look at somebody you're not supposed to, pluck out his eye. You talk back to your parents, stone them. All right. I mean, it's intense. At the end of the Gospel of Mark, and we could go to Matthew 28, but we've been there so many times since it's our mission statement. I picked this one out. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 disciples themselves as they were reclining at table. So they're having a bit to eat. And he rebuked them. Imagine that. Jesus rebuked his disciples after the resurrection. All right. Why? For their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. I think I could get in that category. I think I could get in that category where it's like, I'm not paying attention. I'm not looking close enough at the gospel. I'm not, you know what I mean? It's good. It's a good word. And he said to them, here's a mandate. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then just a few verses later, so then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere. Good job doing it. While the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Wasn't that in our passage? That God kept doing these miracles and wonders? Yeah. What else did Jesus say? Well, Jesus said all these things, and he gave us the mission. And so then Peter picked up the mantle, right? And this is what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. And it came to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. They all knew it. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up. I'm going to say that again. It's only two weeks after Easter. We're not out of practice yet. God raised him up. Jesus is alive. Woo! Okay? Loosing the pangs of death because it's not possible for him to be held by it. So I'm asking you to hold on to the gospel because then there's no possible way that death can hold on to you because it couldn't hold on to Jesus Christ. And then this, later in his message, there's a long message. I'm not going to read it all to you. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children. Parents, are you happy about that? For sure. I love my kids. And for all who are far off, doesn't matter where you're at, this is for you. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, and with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourself from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 
That's astounding. But it doesn't stop there. That's just the start. Later in the book of Acts, and now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. He's going to let him off the hook. I would let you off the hook today. If you came in here like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Look closer. I've never looked at it in the first place. What a great thing. Brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, thus he, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Don't you want times of refreshing? I want my sins to be blotted out again today. And that he may send the Christ appointed to you, for you, Jesus, whom you must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. There's a lot of scripture. I'm kind of getting weary. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm not joking. I'm actually telling the truth. But I plan to read a few more, so I'm going to stick to it because I think we need to look closer at it. So this is Paul. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you. <laughs> I needed that, Lord. Also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then this, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast, that's like the same idea we had in our thing. Pay closer attention. Take hold of it. Let it come in your mind and don't let it drift out. Don't let it slip past. Hold it there. Hold this thought captive. Hold it. If you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what you also, what I also received. This is the gospel in a nutshell that Christ died for the, our sins in accordance with the scriptures. You can prove it from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. I'm just telling you, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. I'm not sick of it because Jesus is awesome in the gospel. He's the one that's doing everything. What am I bringing to the gospel? What am I bringing? I bring my bad news. He trumps it with his good news. And I walk out celebrating. It's amazing. And he's still speaking to me. How is he speaking to me? Well, we just went through it. He's speaking to me through the word. He's speaking to me through the word. So here's what I want you to do. I know you got all your notes out and everything, but I want you to grab your Bible. This is a good application point for us right now. Grab your Bible and stand up. Grab it. Hold it close, okay? Hold it close, okay? And this is a bit of a confession. We've never done this at our church, but I thought by way of application, if we want to hold close, if we want to hold this word in our heart and our head and not let it slip out, right, then we got to be encouraged about what it's doing, right? So let's, let's say this together. Let's all say it. It'll be on the screen. This is my Bible, 
Okay, let's say it together. When the words go up on the screen, we'll say it together, right? I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am going where it says I can go. God's word is milk for my soul. God's word is seed for my faith. God's word is light for my path. God's word is power for my victory. God's word is freedom for my life. When I read God's word, it brings me joy. When I study God's word, it keeps me from shame. When I memorize God's word, it purifies my heart. When I quote God's word, it defeats my enemies. When I meditate on God's word, it brings me success. When I abide in God's word, it gives me confidence. I am a Bible-believing follower of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's true. And this book, God is still speaking to you through it. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. It's awesome. God is awesome in it and through it, in your life, every day. Thank you. you Maybe seated. You know, I had to ask myself that question this week. How much attention am I paying to, to this scripture, to this Bible? How much, how much attention am I paying to it? Am I letting it slip by? When I read in the morning, am I bringing it back up during the day? Or am I just like, oh, I read it, it slipped by. Am I meditating on it? Am I memorizing it? I had to think about all these things, and I want you to think about them too. I think it's a good application to what he's saying here. Therefore, we, because of all of that he said, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard. We have to look closer at the gospel because Jesus is awesome in speaking to me. And then this second thing from verse 2 and 3. We have to look closer at the gospel because judgment is real and coming on me. Judgment is really and coming on me. You know, you know, I want this series to be really encouraging. <laughs> and I get to this verse and I'm like, man, that's not encouraging. Kind of sounds like a threat to me, right? It's not a threat. I want you to know this before I even get into this point. This is a pastor writing, Okay. This is a guy who's a shepherd to sheep writing. And he's saying in the most loving way he can, he's giving examples, he's painting picture of Jesus Christ and his awesomeness and how he's speaking to us. And he's saying, hey, 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 hey. In a loving way, I want to tell you, this is the truth. And this is how it's the truth, okay? Judgment. It's real and it's coming do you see it there in verse 2? For since the message, the message there is the law, the word of God, since the message declared by angels, we saw that from Acts chapter 7, verses 38 and 53 last week, it proved to be reliable, and every transgression or obedience, disobedience, excuse me, received a just retribution. The word there, retribution, means reward. It means reward. So you get what you deserve, right? You're awarded if you run the race well, if you, um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, if his blood's covering your sin, gold medal, right? But if you try to like bring in all your gold medals from earth and be like, oh, look at me, look at me, huh? Huh? Four times, huh? <clears throat> it's all filthy rags. And you get rewarded what you deserve for your pride, thinking you can somehow come to it on your own. In the Old Testament, if you broke the law, the law broke you. There was no way out. That's the example we have in the Old Testament. I think that's why we don't like to read it so much. Because it's just, it's fair. The law punished every sin, and that punishment was right, fair, and just. The word there, transgression, in the passage, which was punished, right, means to cross the line. I know the line's here, but I don't care. I like it over here. It's an act of sin. And there's times in my life I've sinned that way. I know what's right. I don't care today. Boom. There's a punishment for that. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And then disobedience, the word uh, has this connotation of I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> right? Like I, I might not have heard you right, so I think I have some, like, I don't know what happened, but I, I just did something or I didn't do it. Right? So it has this picture of hard of hearing. It's a passive sin. It's, I should be doing this, but I'm not doing it because I, I don't think I heard you. I'm not sure I heard you right. Either way, whether it's active sin or passive sin, whether you're not doing what's right, whether you're just neglecting the gospel, there's a punishment. There's a judgment, and it's real, and it's coming towards us. It's coming on us. Maybe I could illustrate it this way. Anybody buy a new car lately? It's tax season, right? Get your tax money back. You're like, I need a new vehicle. You walked into Ryan's car dealership. Where is he? Where's that guy? Oh, right there. Yeah, go see him. He's, he, he knows how to sell a car. I bought one from him. It's a really amazing car. All right, so here it is. Anybody buy a car lately? Come on now. Did you really? All right, Lauren, Lauren bought a car. Okay, so here's the deal. All right. Here's the deal. You're driving a car, right? You're driving a car, and I'm standing there watching you. And I notice that coming up is basically the road's going to end, and you're going to fall off a cliff. Right? Brand new car. Love it. I'm not concerned so much about the car. I'm kind of concerned about you. Do you get that? Is it, it seems kind of urgent right now in this moment. I'm like, oh, say something, right? Is it loving or unloving for me to say, it's coming, there's a cliff, you're going to drop off of it, I can see it clearly. You can't yet, but you will see it. Is it loving or unloving for me to say, watch out, don't go, 
wake up. Listen up. You know? I'm hoping you don't drop off a cliff, Lauren. Don't, don't drive off a cliff, okay? I mean, that's the point. We're all guilty, right? We're all guilty. Old Testament, same problem in the New Testament. Sin, we're all guilty, and we have to pay the penalty or have someone pay the penalty, right? That's the phrase there. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how can we, how shall we escape the cliff if we neglect such a great salvation? If we see the truth, if we see what it is, if we see who Jesus is, because he's the greatest of all, because he's greater by far, because he's everything, he's awesome, and he's speaking to me. When the time comes, when the judgment hits, right? And it's coming, it's approaching. We don't know when, we don't know how long we have to live. We don't know when we fall off the cliff. But it's coming. And we're all guilty. Because we're guilty, what are we going to do? I mean, what's it going to be like if we neglect what we know? I, I don't know how to... Let me just say it this way. The messenger, Jesus, and the message, the gospel, the good news of the New Testament and the New Covenant are greater than the messengers, the prophets, the angels, and the message, the law of the Old Testament and the Old Covenant. It's greater. It's greater. So if it's greater... Then think about the punishment. Punishment was I lost my hand, I, I stole. What's the punishment if now in the New Testament? Condemnation. Life in hell. Like, whoa, the stakes kind of rose. Yeah. Because Jesus is greater, so is the punishment. Right? It's not just a slap on the hand now. This is for, we're playing for keeps. This is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Don't neglect this. It's a great privilege, this great salvation. It's purchased with a great price. It brings with it great promises and blessings, and it leads to a great inheritance and glory. Do not neglect this. I hope that's clear. All right, this last thing. Jesus is awesome and speaking to me. We got to look closer. We got to look closer. Judgment is real and coming on me. I got to look closer at this. I got to hold on to it a little bit tighter today and every day by God's grace. And then last, number three, salvation is great. And salvation is great. And I'm not going to fill in the blank for you. You need to fill in the blank. Salvation is great and Salvation is great. It's worthy of looking at. And it is so many things to me. I wrote down a few. I'll read them over you. Salvation is delivering me 
It's rescuing me. It's restoring me. For somebody here today, it's refreshing me. It's forgiving me. It's filling me. Salvation is great, and it's encouraging me. It's empowering me. It's pursuing me. Someone here, salvation is great, and it's pursuing you right now. For some of you, it's already pursued you, and it's waiting for you, for me. Some of you, salvation is great, and it's completing me. Salvation is great, and it's gripping me. Salvation is great, and it's setting me free. Salvation is great, and it's growing me. It's challenging me. It's convicting me. Salvation is great, and it's calling to me. Come home. Right? As we take a closer look today, again, again and again and again and again and again. I mean, if you've been to church, you know the gospel's there every week. But maybe you walked in today and you're like, man, I've never heard this. And it's the first time. The gospel's still great. Salvation's still great. And it's calling to you. So go ahead and write in that blank what it's calling to you. What is the gospel, what is the good news doing for you today? Fill it in. We'll look in the passage. There's several things it does. It was declared at first by the Holy, uh, by the Lord. It was declared at first by the Lord. We read all those verses of him proclaiming the gospel, right? He declared it. He brought the message. Repent, right? Turn from your sin, and embrace me, my love, my grace, okay? Embrace me. Let me be the Lord, the master of your life. And then this, why is salvation so great? Jesus declared it. He offers it to us. But then this, the disciples confirmed it. They established it. Watch God's Not Dead 2 the other day. You should all go see it. It's a really good movie. There's several times in there I was thinking about it. I was just like, this is so established. This is so confirmed. You can't tell me Jesus didn't exist. You can't tell me he didn't die. You can't tell me he didn't raise again. This is confirmed. It's established. It's a historical fact. It's proved to be true. Why is salvation so great? Because God testified to it. He bore witness. Do you see it there? He bore witness by signs and wonders, by various miracles. That all means superhuman acts. And by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. I see the gifts. I see the gifts in you. I see even miracles in your life. I wish you all had the same seat I have. To see marriages revolutionized, right? restored, to see lives radically changed. You remember, Daniel, when you first came, coming out of the military? Like, it, none of these guys know that. You were in the court. I mean, it's like, that's, that's beginning stuff. How your life is just radically different than it was before. I could go person by person by person. That's a miracle. That's not like, oh, Steve's so cool. He, look at what he did. This, there's nothing about me in there. Matter of fact, I'm only up here because God did that in my life. God's testifying to it. And the work of the Holy Spirit is still working in and through us. 
And we're seeing change. And this last thing, why is salvation so great? Because people experience it. There's lasting change, right? You see it. We experience it. If you haven't experienced it, you can today. It's free. And he offers it. So how is the gospel changing you today? How is it changing you today? How are you going to be different when you walk out? That's what I want you to write down in the blank. Salvation is great. You need to take a closer look at it. And because God's speaking to you, you write down the next part. Salvation is great and whatever you write down. Now, maybe you still think, I need to change before Jesus. I need to change before I can ask Jesus to do anything for me. Jesus expects me to do something before he'll do something, right? Everybody, anybody ever felt like that? Yeah, yeah. I got I to gotta go change this and this and do this and take care of that over there. Uh-uh. If you don't begin to change yourself, you start by asking Jesus for help. Just say this to him. Jesus, I made a mess of my life. I made a mess. You gave me this life, I made a mess of it. And I need your help. I need your help. Please forgive me. Please help me. I want to. I am now by faith embracing the good news that you died for me. That you're greater than my sin. That you conquered death and hell. That even though judgment might be coming soon, remember that word? That word meant reward. That even though judgment is coming soon, the retribution I might receive might be glory. Just think about that. That's why we anticipate, we are anxious, we sing, Lord, come quickly, because I'm looking for the grace that I'll find when Jesus Christ looks me in the eye because of all that he's done. For me, nothing I've done for him. I've really tried to apply this to my life, and so I want to apply it to your life. Okay, there's a couple things here. Wake up, right? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you got to wake up. Pay close attention. Isn't this what the passage says? Pay close attention. we got to wake up. We don't know how much longer we have. We don't know who we're going to get to tell. we got to wake up. Then, two, we got to listen up. Listen up to what you've heard. Listen up. And maybe go listen some more. <laughs> and then keep up. Don't drift away. Now is not the time to be tired or weary. So, you know, I always want to apply it to myself. So here's the deal. Easter's a couple weeks ago. I'm tired. I'm tired, man. Tired? This is Brent. He's a preacher up in West Minneapolis. He's tired? I mean, it's just grueling. I'm tired. I want to quit. I want to be done, right? Easter, and I've been preaching since September, strong, like, nice, ugh. So I give up, you know? Like, I'm just not going to do it anymore, right? Like, we got great preachers. Chris can preach. Matt can preach. Brent can preach. They can preach the rest of the school year, right? That's what I'm thinking in my office. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, this is a great application for me, the way I feel. What's he saying to me? Don't stop now. So turn that on you, right? 
Turn that into your application. What's he saying to you when you're tired because it's spring, right? And you're like, man, it's really nice outside. Maybe I don't need to go to church every week, right? Just this one time I can miss small group. You know? You know, I'm going to stop serving because, you know, I've been serving since September. I'm tired. I mean, just think about it. I was thinking about that for me, and God just turned it. I'm like, what do you think about your people, how tired they are, right? Think about, think about how they might want to quit right now. So this is a great message for us, folks. This is a great message for us. Don't stop now. It's not time to ditch Jesus. It's time to lean in and look closer at Christ right now, right? That's what time it is. It's time to peer into his eyes deeper, to take a bigger drink of water in the morning, that life and breath that he so freely offers. So here's the deal. I'm going to ask you to do one of these three things, if not all three. Here they are. Very quickly. Have a plan to read the word. I don't think that I'm ignorant enough to think that everybody that walked in today has a specific plan to read the word of God this week, like starting today. You're like, I went to church today. I got to read the word. Look closer. Look closer, right? Of course. Yes. So I laid out all these Bible reading plans, all the ones we've done in our church. You can pick up any one that suits you and get after it, right? Look close. Get into the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you stay connected to the word, you will preach the gospel to yourself. And then this, number two, commit to hearing the message, right? Isn't that what we're looking for? The gospel, the message, the, you know, it, 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 the thing we've heard. Commit to hearing his message, Jesus' message each week. Commit to being in church every Sunday, right? Like, it's not time to go, oh, it's summer. I'm just going to take the boat out for a spin. What? Take the boat out for a spin on Saturday. Right? Six man, six days does a man work, and on the seventh day he rests. Right? This is our rest. We come to get filled up. We come to serve the Lord. Like, that doesn't seem like a rest, but that's what he asks us to do. So rest in his strength and do it. Right? And then commit, right, to hearing his message. You don't just hear it here at church. You hear it in small group too, right? So let me throw this verse on there because this is another one of the warnings. Later in the Hebrews, we're not going to get to it in this series. Uh, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Amen? Amen. He is. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. I'm just trying to think how I can stir you up to love somebody this week. And I hope that you're thinking that same thing. How can I stir somebody up in my small group, stir somebody up as I walk out the door to love God more and people more this week? (laughs) Consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, so true, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know what encourages me? Seeing you here. 
You know what encourages other people that are here? You being here. I just got to tell you that, right? You guys encourage me. You're sitting right there. You're praying before church. Just a huge encouragement to me. Every one of you that gets here before nine o'clock is a huge encouragement to the worship team because they actually have somebody to lead in worship. Imagine that. That's encouraging. Somebody wants to worship the Lord. I can lead them. Let's go. The train's going. I love that. Let's be committed to it. Let's be committed to being here, right? And then this third thing. Maybe it's continue or maybe it's for the first time. Use the gifts God's given you. Did you see that at the end of the passage? The Holy Spirit's distributed some gifts according to God's will. He's given you something. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he wants you to use it. He wants you to use it. And now's the time of year where people die. They're just like, I'm not serving anymore. I've been serving all year and it's nice out and I'll just take a week off. Like, no, 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 no. Now's the time of year when everybody in the church should be going, it just was Easter. Jesus Christ died for me, paid for my sin. I want in on serving him. He died for me, I'll live for him, right? And so I'm asking our church to be countercultural again, right? Like how many times, oh, we're not the normal church, okay? Every other church is like hemorrhaging volunteers right now. You know what our church is doing? People are calling Matt DeCola, calling Chris Persons and saying, hey, I want to use my gifts. Either help me discover them or put me in children's because I love kids or put me, you know, welcome because I love people or I want to pray more or I want to this or that or get me plugged in to serving the Lord because when more people serve, there'll be more momentum for the church. That's what I want to see. Why? Because we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard lest we drift from it. Lest you walk away from here and go, eh, good message, or not so much. Lest we drift, lest we do nothing, lest we don't take it captive and hold it right here. Hold it, anchor it down, take it. Push it to the heart, right? Push it down. You can do it and do something with it, right? Bring it out. Don't just let it slip away. Every week, every time I read the word, every week, again and again and again, because Jesus is my great salvation. I'm preaching the gospel again today. The gospel makes us do crazy things like read our Bible every day, like go to church every week, like make it a priority to go to small group, like serve with all my heart, even when I'm tired. That's what the gospel does. And it saves people from sin and judgment because we have a loving God who made a way to reconcile our screw up, our sin. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's stand up. Let's pray. God, you are amazing. I pray and everyone's praying with me. You are amazing. You're awesome in this place. You're speaking clearly to us through your word. You're saying to us, judgment's coming and you're gonna grab a reward. And God, we're so astounded that the reward we're grabbing is eternal life. How can it be? 
How can it be that you looked at us, that you chose us, that we're here today hearing the gospel? That it's planted in our heart, that it's restoring our soul, that it's bringing about life change in us, that we're experiencing it again today, that we're holding it captive, that we're thinking about it more clearly, that we're looking at it more closely, that we're pressing it down into our heart now, Lord, that we're feeling it, that we're setting our hearts on fire, God. Your gospel, your message, your truth is setting us on fire for you. We can't be silent. We have to keep talking about what you've done in our life. We have to tell the world, God, use us. Use our gifts. We're committed to you. We're committed to reading your word. We love you, God. We won't walk out of here without a plan, God, to read your word. Not perfectly, because we're not perfect. But progressingly, reading your word, soaking it up, preaching the gospel to ourselves again and again, because you're worthy. You're the greatest of all time. Light us up, Lord. As we walk out of here, may we smile wide. May we, above all people, have so much joy. We have the word of God in hand. It is rich. It is powerful. It is life. Light us on fire and let the whole world see it, God. I pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.